Welcome to another edition of the Dementia Care Partner Talk Show. Now, here's dementia care expert Tifa Snow and your host, Greg Phelps. Hello and welcome to the Dementia Care Partners podcast brought to you by Positive Approach to Care. I'm your host, Greg Phelps, along with Pax Tifa Snow. And Tifa, I've recently checked out several stories online, all of them along the lines of stories like uh, five foods to eat to avoid Alzheimer's or five things you should know, like quit smoking, exercise three times a week, learn a new language, uh, take up music. So here's my question. I'll be 68 soon. When should I make all of these changes? Mm. Well, you can't go back unless you have a time machine I don't know about, Greg. Is that is that honest? I mean, you, you really don't have a way to get younger, do you? No, but I'm working on it. All right. Well, I'd say, why don't you pick one of those and get started? Because it turns <laughs> out you're in the danger zone. I mean, after age 60, 65, our risk, our risk category is up. So, I mean, we have choices and the choice we have is, well, I could do nothing and hope for the best, or I could choose to do something that's not terrible and see if that maybe buys me a little bit of time, a little bit severity. You know, you're not talking about preventing, but you are maybe talking about buying yourself a little bit of something. So is it kind of like exercise if I live unhealthy and I'm, you know, overweight and I smoke and things like that? And when I hit 65, I go, geez, I better take care of myself if I want to live longer. Have I done most of the damage or can I do something to my brain that will, yeah. it won't reverse it. We know that. But can I slow it down or well, expand my brain? Yeah. I mean, I would say 15 years ago, we would have said, absolutely not. It's too late. Just go on and do whatever you're going to do because you've, you've blown it. I mean, you've started the, you've started it and it's no turning it off. I think what we're starting to realize is how you experience um, the changes. I mean, the changes might have started quite honestly. I might, you might already be having some changes. The cascade might have gotten gone. I mean, you know, like you might have enough of the shift in your brain that, you know, you're actually starting to change a little bit. We won't know until way further along. But what you could do is reduce the speed or the severity of how quickly things are happening by reducing some of those factors that escalate the speed or the intensity with which the shift is happening. So cortisol is never a good hormone to have floating around unless you've got a tiger on your bear, and, you know, like you're, you're running quick because there he is right there. Um, so dropping cortisol levels. So things that would drop a cortisol level, like stress management or, or finding ways to really look at how you're spending time, sleep, um, looking at your, your whether or not you're still putting poisons into your body, like cigarette smoke, um, whether or not you might be so sedentary that your the plaque formations in the little tiny vessels are increasing the risk of the blockages or blowouts, you know? So yeah, I mean, you can reduce your risk a little. I mean, it could be a little, it could be more. The younger you are when you make shifts, the greater the risk reduction overall. But you know, you might be buying yourself somewhere. I mean, the estimates are anywhere from one to eight years. So one to eight years with minimal or no symptoms. Well, after that happens, then I'm going to switch to the supplements because there's some miracle supplements out now. If you take this, uh -huh. it's going to hold it off for even more years. So I've, I've got two, two uh -huh. weapons I'm going to use. Oh, Greg. Now, the miracle, if it sounds too good to be true, it looks too good to be true. It's like you don't have to exercise or diet or anything. You just lose weight. Here, take this pill. 
I mean, you don't have to change anything about yourself. You just keep on going like you're going and you don't have to change anything here. Just take this little pill. I mean, rarely if ever have we seen the little magic pill is a magic pill. It is not a magic pill. I mean, what we know is we've tried that with vitamin E. That's a great example. Back in the day, we thought, oh, so people who have um, basically their vitamin E levels are, are higher. It seems like for a while there, we were thinking, oh, well, they have less vascular dementia. They have less Alzheimer's. Okay, well, we'll just give everybody manufactured vitamin E. And we found, huh, well, that didn't help. I mean, it didn't really make a difference. And then we found out, oh, you have to eat it. You have to eat your vitamin E. You have to get closer to the source of the vitamin E so that what kind of system are you? Are you a, are you a manufactured system or are you just sort of made from scratch? I think I'm kind of made from scratch. Yeah. Well, the things that are made from scratch turn out to be more effective for the things that are made for scratch. So it turns out that if you consume leafy greens and things that have vitamin E in them, um, antioxidants in them, you, you're probably better off as far as risk reduction than if you're trying to duplicate something that isn't real, which is why the meds we thought would help with many people with dementia because they would create some fake acetylcholine would work. It doesn't in the way that we want because we can't use the fake acetylcholine. It just tricks one of the enzymes. And so, you know, it might be helpful, but there's no guarantee. And most of the time probably isn't all that helpful, but for some people it might be, um, so, you know, you can try it. It's less predictable though, when we create something that we don't really know if it'll work or not in human beings, because we made it up and it doesn't naturally occur. So you're at the stage where you can give motherly advice and grandmotherly advice. Mm-hmm. So as you look down the generation, are you passing on advice to people? Are you saying, you know, it's not too late or it's a good time to start or, you know, because we've been told that lifelong learning is one of the things that's helpful. One of the yeah. other things is, is eating healthy exercise. So you, you get to sort of sit in the high chair and look down on people and say, here, I know these things. Yeah. Well, what I do first is I do these things because if I'm not doing these things, I'm not much for telling people what they should do. I'm more in saying, well, here's what I'm trying to do. And sometimes I'm more successful than others. And everybody has their pluses, their minuses. And what I'd say to people is if you're at least willing to try something, let's try it because you still can make a difference. I'd like to have you empower yourself for that. But, you know, tell me what you're thinking, because I don't want to make it stressful, because if I stress you out with my advice, all I'm doing is dumping cortisol into your system. And I'm not much in favor of that. We also know humor, use of humor um, can also be an antioxidant, if you will. It can get the right chemicals flowing in your brain. So I think um, I'm not real dogmatic. I'm sort of Ben Franklin-ish. And that it's like moderation in all things. Um, but I do think taking a look at ourselves and are we satisfied with our risk pattern? Are we concerned with our risk pattern? Because we know that worrying is a risk. <laughs> I'd rather have you not worry. So let's try something and see if that's helpful to you. Um, I just, you know, I there are a number of things we can do. But the question is, what are you interested in willing to do with whom? And how much? Because you got to keep it up or it's not going to buy you much, but a weekend. 
So are there rare cases where it's hereditary and there's oh. really not much you can do because you're predestined or predispositioned to uh, certain conditions? There are a very select small group, but even those individuals, how they experience dementia will be varied depending on how we preset the system. So if I have a system that an individual in a system that's very supportive, gives lots of options, provides these alternatives, what we're discovering is even in identical twin situations, it is certainly possible to buy yourself a little bit with lifestyle. It doesn't mean you prevent it from happening. It doesn't mean it doesn't happen, but how it happens and how it affects you could be the big difference for you and the people around you. So yeah, there are genetic codes that basically you got it, it's coming. Sort of like, um, let's see, if you, um, Korea, Huntington's Korea, if you would. Huntington's is an example of one that if you get those genes, you are going to get it. Now, somewhere in your anywhere from 20 to 50 year old range. Can I tell exactly when you're going to get it? No. Could it be that some of your lifestyle and some of your social support and some of the things you choose to do along the way might buy you some time? Possibly. We don't have enough data, but we do know, you know, that there are things we can choose. And so I like to feel like if I have some choices and I make them, I maybe have given myself a better chance. Deepa, dementia is a very complex subject. And every time we do a podcast, we barely scratch the surface. Um, We'd like to invite people to send in their questions and we can explore other areas of of this. uh, I, I was going to call it a disease, but we've moved away from saying disease because we're not catching it. No. No, it's a condition. It's a life condition. It's not even just a health condition or a medical condition. It really does affect so much of how you live. It's a life condition and it affects those around you and it affects your future and their future and how you do life. So yeah, asking questions is a great way to start to explore. And, you know, we're pretty careful about choice of words. So we won't talk about preventing dementia. We will talk about risk reduction in dementia we'll talk about forms of dementia. We won't talk about Alzheimer's and related dementias or because they're not all related. (laughs) That's the reality. The only way they're related is that they're dementias. And under that umbrella, there's a lot of things. Neurodegeneration is happening. But we try to be thoughtful about it so that we don't just scare people or say global things that don't have value into individuals. So yeah, ask. Tipa, thank you very much. Thanks, Greg, for the opportunity. Today's podcast is brought to you by PAC Conference 2022. For more information on the upcoming conference, visit our website at tipasnow.com.